Last week, I realized after watching, what happens is we record these and just signal me when we're live. Are we live? Okay, thank you for joining us live on Facebook. We appreciate it. If you'll share this feed and anybody in the auditorium would share this, we would sure appreciate it. And I realized I went back and watched last week's, and I did not smile a single time through last week's message. I was like, oh, I was upset. I was that same look Sarah gives Robbie when he's, oh, Cece. <laughs> but I realized last about last week's message and also about this one, and this, was, this is shorter than last week's. Last week was way too long. How much of it was coming out of me? And any time that you are, when you deal with, have you ever like shared with a friend and you realize all the stuff that you've not ever said, but all of a sudden it's just coming out? <laughs> something that you trust or something that you've been around. And so I, I realize that, you know, a lot of times when God gives you something, he's, he's dealing with you. Um, and I, I felt a little bit of comfort um, this week. I, uh, Taylor works out with me from time to time, but when he can't make it, I listen. I work out with Stephen Furtick. <laughs> I'm kidding. I watch his podcast. <laughs> well, he's working out with me while I'm watching him. And he, was, he said the same thing. And I felt a little bit of comfort when he was talking about the message he was delivering. And he said, y'all may not give me a big hallelujah or shout or whatever, but he said, I know I'm preaching this for me. And so tonight's along those lines about um, that we've been rescued, and this is our foundation scripture, because he holds fast to me, and this is um, the Lord speaking to us. God says, I will deliver him, and I will protect him because he knows my name, because he calls to me. Aren't you glad that God's available to be called to? Because he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. And then, of course, our series, I will rescue him and I will honor him. Your first feeling is this, that we've been rescued from our thoughts. And every single one of us face a daily thought life that nobody went through today without having all kinds of thoughts go through our mind. And, and let's start right here. And I've, I've found... I've used the Passion Translation before, but tonight I'm just actually absolutely just using the Passion Translation through and through. And I got excited because I had an extra copy of the Passion Translation. I highly recommend it. Uh, and I came to Melinda tonight. She walked through the door. I said, do you have the Passion Translation? She goes, no. I said, you do now. I was so excited to share it. I highly recommend it. So listen to this out of the Passion Translation. So then my soul, why would you be depressed why would you sink to despair? Let me stop right there because a lot of people that are at that place of despair or that place of, of being depressed, it, it's all originated in their thoughts. Anytime that we have had a place in life that was difficult to get through in our thinking or, or just emotionally, like last week's, it all originates in our thoughts and what we think about the situation, what we think about ourselves, etc. Just keep hoping and waiting for the Savior. For no matter what, I will still sing with praise. For living before His face is my saving grace. I love that, that, that bit of instruction that comes. That no matter what might be going on in my heart or what might be going on in my mind, that if I, if I sing praise, the, it's... I, when I grew up, there was one or two worship bands that were pretty well-known. Hosanna and then Hillsong was just coming on the scene. 
in your age, in 2019, every week a new worship album is coming out. And it just seems like they're all being written in such a way that, of course, it's just honoring the name of the Lord. And I'm finding myself that we can't do the songs soon and quick enough that they're coming out so soon. And I find, and I've always praised in my car, but I know people at lights are like, what is going on with that dude in that car over there? Because I'll just have both hands in the air. Not while I'm at a stoplight. All right? <laughs> Don't do that while you're driving. Just knowing that everything can change in my heart. Everything can change in my life. Everything can be rearranged in my perspective by my praise. That worry is the misuse of your imagination. That every single one of us have an imagination. Did anybody, when you were little, you liked to play by yourself? I loved to play by myself when I was little. I had cars that I'd run around, and, and then I had adventure people. I called them G.I. Joes, and it was just a full-on uh, uh, imagination going. Sam, who is my, who's after my heart, my nephew, he has called them episodes. It's time for an episode. So we know what an imagination is like. Well, worry is just the misuse of that imagination. We've conditioned our imagination to expect or entertain the worst in life. And I want to I show something really quickly that, that it's, it's easy to come up with the worst case scenario on every situation. It's easy. Have you, have you ever had that where you in your mind had created the worst possible outcome for something and then it didn't even happen? <laughs> That's an imagination. That we would... Uh, what would happen if we retrained our thoughts to expect the best outcome in every situation? That Jonathan doesn't have any issue with creating the worst case scenario in whatever he might be thinking. But what would happen if I retrained my thinking and trained it to believe the best, which is scriptural, to believe the best in what I don't know? That we often reference in our minds something bad that has happened to us. If we, if we understand the way that a thought works is that a thought is often tied to something that was unpleasant in our life. And it often is tied to something that we experienced that was bad to us. Which goes on to say that every thought that references a bad outcome is tied to a spirit of fear. That no matter, and, and have you had that where maybe you've been disappointed by something, someone, or you've been let down by someone, or you, maybe you've been done wrong by somebody, or just absolutely betrayed by someone? That when you go into a next relationship or you go into a next situation that we reference in our mind, we reference those things that were unpleasant to us. And so even though you might be in a new relationship with a new friend, new romantic or whatever, we're still referencing something that happened in the past that was unpleasant. And I believe God wants to retrain our thinking that we don't have to put hooks in stuff that we didn't enjoy. That Sam, where's Sam Van Houten? Where are you? Come up here, girl. I have something I want to illustrate. Now, how many? Y'all give it up for Sam as she comes up here. So Sam is going to be an illustration. Now many of us know, have known Sam for some time. And so I'm going to illustrate things about Sam. And you can tell me if these are true or if they're not true. So you can pin this on to you. I got excited because I found these big old sticky notes. Sam is precious. Do you, is that true or false? 
That's, that's true, right? Yeah, just hold, it may not stick too well, but we'll see. Oh, perfect. Sam is sweet-natured. What do you think about that one? Yeah, is that true or false? So go ahead and you can, yeah, there you go. She's creative too. I should have written that down. Uh, Sam is a bully. <laughs> to some, maybe. <laughs> Say, is this true? We'll just hold it for me because I've only got two hands right now. <laughs> Sam is big-headed. Okay, now I want you to hold these for a second, Sam, because I've illustrated two things that are without a doubt that Sam is and two things that Sam is not. She doesn't think she's precious anymore. All right, so <laughs> with, with absolute uh, unified approval, we agree with two of them. And with absolute concert opinion, we disavow two of them. And I'm wondering in our lives how much we wear a lie as the truth. And that's what happens in toxic thinking. Is that toxic thinking would be like, I make Sam wear these things. That you're a bully and you're big-headed. And we know that's not the truth, but we wear it as the truth. And toxic thinking will always... Y'all give it up for Sam. Will you take all these notes and you can trash the ones that aren't true. That toxic thinking will get us to a place where we are walking around in our thinking entertaining lies instead of entertaining the truth that we've were never designed to think with fear as a motivation and I wonder what happened as I as I've been doing this series in my own life and I have a thought that comes to my to my mind I always ask is that thought fear motivated is that thought lack motivated is that thought preservation of Jonathan? And, and I'm telling you that no one in this room was ever designed to live with that. In Romans, Passion Translation again. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but would be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit to the total reformation of how you think. Isn't the Passion Translation wonderful? This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life. And I'm telling you that if, if we walk around with toxic thinking, we're not living beautiful lives. If I'm constantly battling bad thinking... Then, then I'm not living how God designed me a beautiful life. Sat, and I love this. Beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. That God is instructing us to set our thoughts on what he has for our lives. How many of you wake up to an alarm? I do. Now, what would happen if that alarm, because my alarm's on my phone, and it says... 455, don't cuss, Four, <laughs> 455, and then next to it, it says every day. It would be foolish for me to set it at 
4.55 and set it just for tomorrow. Because every day I need it set. Every day that phone is going to operate in its set position. And every day we have to set our minds on the beautiful life. That what would happen? Listen, listen to me for a minute. What would happen if the way that you spoke about yourself made statements like, I am loved? Every day. What would happen if you said that statements like, I have a purpose? See, somebody by text agreed with me. What, <laughs> what, would, what would you say if, if your thoughts said, good things are in, in me and are coming into my life? What would happen? What would happen if we set our thinking to say those things? I am loved. I have a purpose. Good things are in my life. Good things are coming to my life. In Romans, and you guessed it, the Passion Translation, God has given me grace to speak a warning without pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion. <clears throat> I preached. All right. And not create a false image <laughs> of your importance. Do you, know, do you know what toxic thinking is? Toxic thinking is making yourself Bigger and greater and better than you really are. The, the Bible says that we're but dust. I don't know what but dust is, but we're it. <laughs> that when, when, my, when my, my mind gets too concentrated on the events going around me, I've missed the beautiful life, but I've also have a false sense of importance Instead, honestly assess your worth and using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. There's your standard. And then you will see your true value and an appropriate self-esteem. Too often we're trying to get self-esteem from our thoughts and, around, and the ex external around us. And God designed you to always get your self-esteem from him. To always get your purpose from him. That we condition ourselves to think that every moment is supposed to be perfect. I was watching a reading. I can't remember. I think it was watch, I was watching a podcast the other day. And the guy that was giving the podcast said that your generation, because of the 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 cycle of social media. Right now as you're sitting here, and I know I hope this doesn't send you over, over the edge, but your friends have posted hundreds of posts on whatever. Everybody's like, I gotta go check that out. So what has happened, and this is for adults too, because every time I go to the chiropractor, everybody in the waiting room, and it's all grown people, have their phones out. Every single one of them. Every time I go. <laughs> that we've been conditioned to a cycle that is always on a high. That that cycle is always saying that life must be displayed as something that is a good event all the time. And so if you go see your friends' posts or even famous people's posts, it's always a post on who I'm with, what I'm doing, what I have, where I am. And so the implication is that if your life is not in that way, then something's wrong. 
And so we've been conditioned to think that if life is not always in a state of perfection, then something's wrong. Many of you know that the posts that people make on social media, that's not a candid shot of them. That's like the 20th or 30th selfie they've taken, and they've applied every filter that they have available on their phone, and they've pulled out every blemish from every pimple to every blackhead, (laughs) and we're, listen to this, and we're comparing ourselves to a lie. Let's keep going. (laughs) Our minds try to figure out how to make every moment better when they're not. Listen closely. This is going to help someone. That when you see something, listen. When you see something, whether it's in person with your friends or with your family or at church or wherever, or you see something on social media, and you immediately inwardly think that I've got to change something about me We're off balance because we're trying to figure out how to fix the situation. We're trying to figure out how to raise our status to what somebody else might be experiencing. Let me take it a step further. Many times when we're not seeing things in a state of perfection is that in our lives... It's based upon the fear, the fear either that we're being missed out or or sidestepped, the fear that somebody else is doing better than we are, the fear that somehow we've uh, we don't measure up, that fear that fear of that I might. Be on the downward slide. Oh, I don't know what it is. Just different things. And, and I was reading something a, a couple of months ago that this, this blogger said, every single fear that you have in your thoughts, at the end of that fearful thought, put, so, and so what? So at the end of every thought, whatever it might be that, I'm just throwing things out there. A young lady might say, I may never have a good relationship. At the end of it, put, so what? I'm, I may lose a, a friendship, and I'm just throwing out ideas. At the end of it, put, so what? My parents may get a divorce. At the end of it, put, so what? And all of a sudden, the two words, so what, disarm everything before it. Because a life of faith looks at things that are real and things that are not real and puts no value in either one of them but puts value in the hope that has been placed inside of us by the measure of faith that every single one of us have been given to trust God with a full heart. And trusting God with a full heart ends every concern, every thought, every care with the word so what? Because if God be for me, then who can be against me? Let's keep going. Colossians. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for that that is above. Another translation says, set our minds on things above, for that's where Christ sits, enthroned in a place of all power, 
honor, and authority. Yes, listen to this. I love this. Did I mention to you I love the Passion Translation? Feast, feast on all of the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. I'll tell you how to do it. Two ways. Every single time that your thoughts are under attack, worship the Lord. Every single time that your thoughts are under attack, pray. And I'm not pray, saying pray complaining. I'm saying pray in faith. That every that and what is that doing? That is filling my thoughts with things that are above. That we don't have any problem filling our thoughts with things that are below because that's plentiful. But when you set your mind and you set your heart, as another translation says, on things above where Christ sits, then you fill your thoughts with something else. When I imagine people's responses or a bad outcome, I've set my expectation for the worst Many times, forgive me, I'm going to go a little bit fast. Many times, we just need to stop allowing toxic thinking as the normal. And that's a retraining of, of, all, of, of all of our minds. Look at this in 2 Corinthians. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God... And break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in a defense against the true knowledge of God. Watch this. We capture like a prisoner of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. I love that. Did you see that? That we captured, if you, another translation says taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That we capture, and like a prisoner of war, every thought. Now, I've got this the, uh, in the mail today. It just came in the mail. Have you seen these? These are, it's a little jail, and you put your cell phones in there. I know some of y'all are writhing in pain right now, even the thought. <laughs> what? <laughs> you put your cell phone in there, and you, and you, put, it, and you put a lock on it. But I needed this as an illustration. So this is a jail. So the word of God says that we capture and like a prisoner of war, take every thought captive and make it obedient to the anointed one. Anybody ever had thoughts of fear? The Bible says, the word of God says, that you take every thought of fear and, and tr treat it like a prisoner of war. You know how prisoners of war are treated? They are treated as any enemy combative. Not treated nicely. <laughs> Not put in a hotel, and five-star hotel, and given three wonderful meals. But they take that thought, that thought of fear, and they put it in prison. And make that thought obedient to what you want it to do. I hope I'm helping somebody. Anybody ever had thoughts of low self-worth? The Bible says that we take that thought captive and like a prisoner of war, make it obey us and do what we say. 
as an enemy combative in our life. Anybody ever had a, a thought of dread? That you've dreaded something, dreaded how it might turn out, dreaded, dreaded the outcome. The Bible says that in love there's no dread. The Bible also says to take that thought captive, put it like a prisoner of war, and make it obedient to the anointed one. So what ends up happening with every toxic thought that comes in my mind, that every toxic thought is kept in quarantine... Let me take it a step further. And every toxic thought is made to obey the word of God in my life. And can I just let you know that every toxic thought sent by the enemy is absolutely tortured by the truth of God's word. Every toxic thought is tortured, listen closely, to praise coming out of your mouth. Every toxic thought is tortured by you lifting up a prayer full of faith to your Father. And when we take every thought captive and make it... The, the problem is, is that we've been obeying the thoughts instead of the thoughts obeying us. God never designed it that way. No one is going to govern your thoughts other than you. Let me make it personal. Jonathan can complain about how he feels. He can complain about what he is entertaining his thoughts. He can complain about outcomes or potential outcomes. But there is no one in this room, including the Lord himself, that will govern Jonathan's mind and his heart other than Jonathan. Any thought that does not exalt the goodness of Jesus must be imprisoned. And that's a good rubric on if my thoughts do not exalt his goodness in every part of my life, then that thought must be imprisoned. Love yourself enough to imprison every thought that does not inspire hope in your heart. That's where we miss it. Allie, if you'll come up, that's where we miss it. Is that we've let ourselves be rough, roughshod, run over by stinking thinking because we don't think that we're worthy of anything better. That we've let ourselves been absolutely bullied by thoughts. Bullied by toxic thinking. With the, with the backward understanding that I don't deserve anything better. And you have to love yourself better than that. Philippians says, and so keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, admirable and admire, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure of holy mercy, merciful and kind. Listen to this, and fasten your thoughts. On every glorious work of God, praising, did you see this again? Praising Him always. Again, the Word of God links toxic thinking and disposing it, links it to what you're praising. Isn't that wonderful? 
that I, I just thought all this good worship music that's coming out these days and all this good worship music is being made available to people that can just enjoy it. And as they're enjoying it, every care is being rolled over on the Lord. Every, every worry is just being rolled over on the Lord. Because in His presence is fullness of joy. At His right hand are pleasures evermore. And every, every time you lift Him up, you're hosting His presence. Every time you magnify Him, you're drawing his presence into your life. That you're a masterful work. Listen to this. The Lord gave this to me this morning. You are a masterful work of the thoughts of God. How amazing. That your existence, your existence, how you were made, was first in the mind and in the heart of God. And that his thoughts and his desires created you. Created you for him. That every thought that God has for you is perfect. Every thought that he has for me. Every thought that he has for you is a perfection. Doesn't mean I always understand it or understand where I am or any of that. Doesn't that doesn't all. but every thought that he has for your life is dipped in perfection. That the enemy, and I probably should have started with this one first, the enemy wants to destroy your thoughts so he can eliminate your purpose. I listen to several podcasts just on my own. Like I said, when, I, when I'm at the gym or in the car or wherever, I, I listen to lots of podcasts and a variety of preachers and from all over the world, literally. And if there is one consistent situation that's in Christians, I mean, much less people that don't know the Lord, these people are talking about people in churches and people in ministries, people that love God. And if there is just one common theme in today's world, then that, that common theme is people, people are tormented in their thinking. That people are overwhelmed in, in, their, in their emotions and in their thinking. And like I said... Pastors that are well-known, pastors that, that, and people in ministry that have ministries that are meet, reaching millions of people. And in the midst of this powerful uh, ministry and powerful outpouring of God's heart in the earth, they themselves, they themselves are overwhelmed by life. And I wonder, you know, what do we do, God? What, what, what do we do to, and I believe the key is for every one of our lives, no matter who we are or if our fam name is famous or not, that we all were called to set our minds, to set our thoughts, to set our hopes on things above. And, and, and I believe it comes through. That, that daily time, just like every day your alarm clock goes off, that, every, that our daily hearts are set to worship Him. 
to pray to him, to, to host his presence, to, to read the word in our lives, to put that word in our hearts, to put it before our eyes and let it renew our minds. The word of God talks about the washing of the water of the word. There's, there's, there's no way you can encounter the real word of God without encountering the heart of Jesus. And so when we encounter his word, we encounter his heart for us. Bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment before we go. I want to ask before we dismiss, if you might be in this place tonight and you're saying, Jonathan, my, I've never invited Jesus into my heart. And, I, and I'd like to before I leave. Something's tugging on the inside of me. And if that's you, I want to pray for you right where you're at. I'm not going to have you come to the front or stand up, any of that. I'm going to pray for you right where you sit. All I want you to do right now is just to raise your hand where I can see it, and then you can put it right back down. The next question is this, is your heart away from God? That it's not where it's supposed to be. You, you're, there's, a, there's a void, there's an emptiness, there's a, a growing away from the Lord. And saying, Jonathan, I need to make things right. If that's you, just raise your hand where I can see it, and then you can put it right back down. Anyone else? I see that hand. Anyone else saying, Jonathan, I, I want that prayer right where I sit. Let's all pray this together, just right where you sit there. Say, Lord Jesus, that's right. Just repeat it out loud. Lord Jesus, I give you my heart, brand new today. I bring to you everything I am and everything I'm not. And I ask you to take me into your heart and make me new. I make a decision to serve you. All the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.